less than three days from midnight Thursday and the close of our fiscal year. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Today. We're getting closer, but we still have a little less than 300000 to go to break even for the year. Your prayers, your friendship, your support, all welcomed. Whether it's a hundred or a thousand or whatever you can send, will be used by the Lord to continue this ministry, encouraging listeners to hang on to grace, God's grace, all for Jesus, first and foremost. It's the stuff of nightmares. The place was Budapest. It was the synchronized swimming world championships. Anita Alvarez was competing in a solo event when she fainted in the water and began to sink. Her coach saved her life. Anita Alvarez, she's a 25-year-old American. She was competing in the finals of the women's free event when she passed out and sank to the bottom of the pool. That's when her coach, a former Olympic swimmer, dove in. Andrea Fuentes got to Alvarez in time to bring her to the surface. With the help of a male lifeguard, Alvarez was taken out of the pool. She went to rest, then recovered. This is the second time she's fainted during an event and both times her coach saved her life. An amazing story, but even more amazing is the fact that we all were dead in trespasses and sins, but God has made us alive through Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. We're getting to share together the great story that's all about Jesus, and today we're continuing a series this week called Unlikely Conversions. Last week, we talked about the life of C.S. Lewis, He called himself the most unlikely convert in all of England. But we are all unlikely converts, aren't we? And humanly speaking, we are all impossible converts. But there's grace enough for us when you come to Jesus Christ. He saved the wicked king Manasseh, like we heard yesterday. He saved an atheist like C.S. Lewis. And he also can save you and me. You know, I think that's one of the most surprising things about the gospel. God doesn't just save people in Jesus Christ. He saves sinners. People who would be hopeless if left to themselves. And as I already said, C.S. Lewis is another unlikely convert. He was intelligent, well-read, but he had no interest in God. In fact, after his mother died when he was a child, and then the hardships of fighting in World War I, he spoke out against believing in God. But the Lord had other plans for Lewis, as he placed Christians around him. The unexpected grace of Christ found Lewis when he least expected it. Well, that's the story of the most reluctant convert, the story of C.S. Lewis. But more than that, it's the story of how the God of all the universe got a hold of his heart, how Christ became his Savior. It's really a wonderful, touching story. So after the program, I want to send you this DVD for your support of the ministry. We've come to it yet again. Our fiscal year ends midnight this Thursday. So I encourage you to make a gift for the DVD, but please send us more to help us reach our budget goal. Call us after the program, would you, at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, check out the movie trailer, then make your tax-deductible gift at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And now let's get the program started. 
with a group that we haven't heard in quite a while. Here's Big Daddy Weave. I want to walk with you, Jesus. Feel your presence and know you're near. I want to see you, Jesus. Move in power and cast out fear. I need to hear you now. I need to know it's you. I'm standing on your promises. I know your word is true. You're bigger than what I see. It's you in exchange for me. Cause even the impossible can be reality. Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I believe. I want to say what you're saying. Speaking life. To what is dead And I want to cling to you, Jesus Ooh, Hanging on your every breath I need to hear you now I need to know it's you I'm standing on your promises I know your words are true You're bigger than what I see and it's you in exchange for me Cause even the impossible is your reality Jesus, I believe Jesus, I believe So let your kingdom come Jesus, I believe. 
The song is Jesus, I believe, Big Daddy Weave opening this Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, and Unlikely Conversions is the series this week. I'm glad you could join us again. On this Tuesday, we're continuing our series, Unlikely Conversions, and with us again is my friend Max McLean. He's talking about the movie that he made, about an unlikely convert, C.S. Lewis. What we wanted to do was was capture Lewis's journey from hard-boiled atheist, vigorous debunker of Christianity. Yes. Uh, you know, his he had uh, he had the rhetorical gifts of somebody like uh, Christopher Hitchens, um, and could have been like him if the Lord hadn't uh, gotten hold of him. Uh, but you know, his life was uh, his atheism came you know as as a result of he lost his mother to cancer when he was a boy. He had an estranged relationship with his father that grew mm. worse as his mother died. Mm. He experienced the senseless brutality of trench warfare in World War I. And uh, through that, he came to the conclusion that either there was no God behind the universe, a God indifferent to good and evil, or worse, an evil God. Mm. And that was the starting point for the starting point from his hard-boiled atheist to his conversion. It took many years primarily through the witness of his friends. J.R.R. Tolkien was one. Owen Barfield was another. Hugo Dyson. All three are cast in the movie. And, you know, Lewis himself explains it later that uh, what they pointed out to him was that his argument against God was that the universe was so cruel and unjust. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. where did he get this notion of cruel and unjust? He, You know, you call a line crooked because you have some idea of a straight line. Well, what am I comparing the universe with when I call it cruel and unjust. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big step towards seeking God. And, 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 and he, uh, in the movie and in the book, there is this movement towards what he calls theism, which you and I kind of think is pretty soft, but Lewis was, that was a big deal for him to at least believe in God. It was a huge deal because he saw belief in God, uh, like Moses at the burning bush. Yeah. Uh, that I am that I am. And he, he finally, he said, you must picture me alone in my room night after night, feeling whenever my mind lifted, even for a second from my work, the steady unrelenting approach of him whom I so earnestly desired not to meet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that got him to mm-hmm. God. And, and yet, that's when his real conversion came. He couldn't quite understand where Christ fit uh, fit in. And that came later, primarily through uh, conversations with J.R.R. Tolkien. Lewis was converted unexpectedly. He just couldn't control it. And he couldn't raise himself from spiritual death to spiritual life. But that's all of us, hopeless, if not for the Lord. And in these next few minutes, I want us to think about one of the most famous conversions in all the New Testament. And I don't mean the Apostle Paul. I'm talking about a Pharisee whose name was Nicodemus. But you know, there may be part of Nicodemus's story that you and I haven't thought about much. It's like the place where you grew up. I was raised in Oklahoma, where there's a whole lot of flat land until you get to the east side of the state those wide open spaces. But for the latter half of my childhood, I lived there. That was normal to me and familiar. But now after years of living on both the East and West Coasts, 
Whenever I go back to the Great Plains, it strikes me. It's so flat. You can see so much of the sky, like being in Montana, maybe. And that's because it isn't familiar anymore. I'm sure you experience the same thing. If you've lived in the same place for a long time, it becomes so familiar that you don't notice things that are so obvious to people who have never been there before. And you know, it can be the same when we're familiar with a passage of Scripture. John 3 is so well known to Christians. Anyone who's watched a football game has probably seen John 3.16 on a cardboard sign in the stands. But are we so used to this chapter that we miss some of the details? I think so. So, let's think more about this story of Nicodemus. Maybe with fresh eyes. Let's start with verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night. So, here we get a little clue that Nicodemus was an important man. He was a big deal in Jerusalem in the first century. He was also a Pharisee. Maybe we're so used to thinking of Pharisees as villains in the Gospels that we don't take much time to consider who they were. They were Jews. They took the law of God seriously. Problem is, they also took their own rules even more seriously. They made all kinds of extra commands as a way to make sure they didn't even come close to breaking God's law. God said, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. So the Pharisees created a, an even longer list of things that were considered work. For example, you couldn't light a candle on the Sabbath. That was work. But you could hire a Gentile to light the candle for you. I don't know what that means other than it's a mess. Remember what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3? He was a Pharisee when it came to the law of God, and he thought that gave him an advantage. But when Christ Jesus appeared to him on that road to Damascus, everything changed. Paul realized that he couldn't keep the law in order to be righteous before the Lord. He needed Christ for that. And here in John 3, we see another Pharisee who was beginning to ask questions. He was wondering about this man, Jesus. Let me pick up the story again. Nicodemus said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. And then Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Did you ever have one of those conversations? There you were discussing something, but both of you are using the same word in different ways. That can lead to a lot of misunderstandings. But here's the thing. When Jesus is using a word with a meaning you don't understand, the problem is not with him. Nicodemus did not understand. He had heard about Christ's miracles and his teachings. He was curious enough to come. But what on earth is this? Born again? Humanly speaking, isn't that just a, a bunch of gibberish? Well, thankfully, Jesus kept on talking. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. 
You shouldn't be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You know, that's something that I think we need to pay more attention to today. We are scientific people, after all. Or at least we're far more scientific than most of the humans who came before us. And that has some advantages. But one of the disadvantages is it makes us think we are in control of everything. But John 3 here reminds us that the Spirit of God goes where he pleases. Just like the wind, we can sense the evidence of the wind, but we can't see the wind. We can't control the wind. And without the Spirit, no one can be born again. No one can see the kingdom of God, because conversion is not a natural thing. We cannot control it. It isn't something we can cook up in a lab. No, if the spiritually dead are going to be raised to life, It has to be through God's power and the Spirit of God. Nicodemus should have known this. He had his Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible. But for all the verses he memorized and all those many rules he tried to follow, he had missed the point. The reality of salvation, it's all of grace, all from the Lord. And we can't control the Lord of all the universe. We can't reason our way back to him. We're sinful people. We cannot meet his standard of perfection. So what's the answer? Well, the Holy Spirit has to move. And that's where we come to those most famous verses in John chapter 3. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. And then here you go. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus Christ, the Savior, the one who was lifted up high on the cross. Nicodemus heard the gospel message that night for the very first time. The Son of Man would be lifted up, and everyone who believes in him has eternal life. But did the Spirit make him new? Was he born again? John 3 doesn't tell us, but the Gospel of John wasn't finished with Nicodemus just yet. In chapter 7, he showed up again, defending Jesus against the chief priests and Pharisees who were plotting about how to get rid of this rabbi from Galilee. It seems that Nicodemus was not anti-Jesus like the rest of the council. And then we come to John 19. Jesus had been crucified just like he told Nicodemus that fateful night. Joseph of Arimathea was taking the Lord's body to bury it, but he wasn't alone. We're told in Scripture he was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who had earlier visited Jesus by night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. It seems that this Pharisee trusted in the crucified Savior, He even brought expensive myrrh and aloes to prepare the body for burial. The Son of Man had been lifted up, and Nicodemus had believed, an unlikely Pharisee convert. You know, John makes a point of Nicodemus coming to Jesus at night in chapter 3. 
There are a few theories about why this happened, but I think one makes the most sense. Nicodemus didn't want to be seen. There was a lot at stake for him, after all. A Pharisee talking one-on-one with Jesus? I think he might have been a bit afraid. In other words, Nicodemus had imperfect faith. He came with doubts and fears, just as we all do. But Jesus saved him all the same. And he changed this man, just like he could change you and me, until he was ready to help bury Christ's body, with no secrecy involved. Well, you know, Jesus will save us too. He will save us if we call on his name. C.S. Lewis experienced something similar. In the Trinity Turn, 1929, I gave in and admitted that God is God, knelt and prayed, perhaps that night the most dejected, reluctant convert in all England. I did not then see the divine love that would accept a prodigal on such terms. Kicking, struggling, resentful, darting his eyes in every direction, looking for a chance to escape. The hardness of God is kinder than the softness of man. His compulsion is my liberation. Come to Jesus. Come as you are. But you'll never be the same. What a reason do I have to wake up with the rising sun? And not be held down by the weight of all the things I've done What reason do I have to feel this hope instead of hurt? How can it be I don't receive the judgment I deserve? Wave upon wave of grace upon grace Endlessly washing my sins away I know the only reason I can stand here free of all my shame Is wave upon wave Of grace upon grace upon grace How can you see me at my worst And still say I am loved What promise can I stand on when I don't feel good enough? When the enemy's reminding me of all that I've done wrong What freedom do I have to sing this new creation song? Wave upon wave of grace upon West singing for his grace upon grace 
here on Haven Today, Unlikely Conversions. I always enjoy stories that remind me of God's grace. Nicodemus, an unlikely convert, reminds me of myself in many ways. Confused, scared, having my doubts. I think that's all of us from time to time. But the same Savior calls us to faith. Jesus saved Nicodemus. And he saved C.S. Lewis, too. And I think that's one of the things I've so enjoyed about the most reluctant convert, the untold story of C.S. Lewis. Janet and I watched the movie for the first time a few weeks ago. At times, it truly seems unlikely that Lewis would believe in God, let alone Jesus. And even though we know he became a Christian, it's still highly entertaining to watch how that happened. Max McLean does a great job capturing the unexpected grace of God. And even more, I found my faith reminded that God is able to save even the hardest of hearts. I want to send you the Most Reluctant Convert DVD for your fiscal year-end gift to the ministry. We could really use your help to make our budget by June 30th, even a little more maybe than you thought you might send. If Haven is a blessing to you, why don't you pray about being a blessing to us right now before midnight Thursday? And as our thanks, we'll send you the most reluctant convert on DVD. Here's the number to call, 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or watch the movie trailer on our website. You can make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we get to share as June closes the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Jesus loved the little children. It's an old children's song, but it speaks a deep and profound truth. Jesus truly did love the children, and it goes deeper than just thinking they were cute or fun to play with. He told his disciples once, become like a child, have faith like a child, because the kingdom of the Lord belongs to people like children. They are vulnerable, needy, dependent. These are words that should describe all of us as we come to Christ by faith, in need of his mercy, dependent on his love vulnerable to the sufferings and the sins of the world, trusting in the Lord Jesus to bring healing and hope. Become like children and enter the kingdom of Christ. Read God's Word daily. Visit GetAnchor.com.